You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Kristen, thank you for being a guest professor at e-commerce marketing school. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited to talk to you about all things UGC. You are the UGC queen. You tell me you have a necklace to prove it. So this is another one for our wonderful listeners where our guest and I could talk about this topic for hours. We have grand total of 15 minutes. So let's dig in. Kristen, I think one thing that a lot of brands struggle with in terms of UGC is kind of so user generated content for anyone who's not familiar with the term. I think one of the things that people struggle with the most is like how to get it, how to get good UGC. I think there's a lot of like photos and reviews and people will post something on their social, but it might not be great lighting. It might not be the best view of the product. Things are blurry. So how do you get good UGC kind of organically? First, thank you for having me. But second, to dive into the topic here, I think that there's a variety of ways to go about it. But I think before we get into that, you kind of take a step back and think like, UGC as a whole, it stands for user generated content. And we always looked at this as this organic thing. Like maybe I post it on my story and you're like, oh, this would be great for an ad. Can I have it? Which you can still do, be reasonable. But it's kind of evolved into more of like an actor portrayal to where the person who's making the UGC, you know, if I were to make a video about this car, I don't necessarily have to be the one that bought this car. You could have sent me the product and you kind of give me like, you know, your key points and your script, whatever that looks like. And I'm more, again, just portraying what that actual product is looking like, like what that experience looked like if I would have bought it myself. So there are plenty of creators out there at this point that have really founded themselves in the UGC space. When I first started, it was hard to find 10 people. I remember Kristen LaFrance and I were um, looking at doing like a creator house like long time ago, like a couple years ago. And we were having a hard time finding 15 people that we thought were solid people but now if you're on twitter or tiktok and you look up hashtag UGC creator whether it's instagram like anywhere you can find these people so i think it's really about finding somebody who has like an established brand presence they don't have to have a ton of followers but like when i say that i mean they are able to get in front of the camera and give you that authentic feeling and make sure that it's going to seem like it is actually your customer who is creating that you want to make sure they fit your demographic i think sometimes people struggle with finding the exact person they're looking for you know it's a lot harder to find men in the fashion space for somebody like soup job than it is for somebody to find a 24 to 34 year old woman who wants to make content about slime on tiktok so i mean <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you know comes into play but finding that person whether it's on tiktok twitter instagram i think it's become a lot easier um there are also a lot of tech companies that offer access to creators that you can narrow down by demographics i've typically found pros and cons for each of them and tend to stay towards organically finding them myself through hashtags or content creation and then there's also people if you're looking for like the ad space i work a lot with the social savannah there's the quality edit you know people like that who have editorial and like press background that can be combined with like a ugc that's a little bit more elevated and then somebody who has this like really great you know background and has a whole roster of creators where it's like constant ad UGC is coming out on a like weekly, bi-weekly basis. So there are so many options to find them now versus a year or two ago when I felt like I was like one of 10 people. So, <laughs> And those creators are mostly paid. Is that right? Yeah, I would say at this point, 
if you want to go back to like what you were saying where the the lighting might not be right they might not know your usps they might not know all of these other details that you care a lot about like for suit shop a lot of people don't know that the bottom button of your suit is never supposed to be buttoned and that has to be very clearly talked about with like our creators if they're not fashion influencers so like we're just working for a wedding or whatever that is so if you go back to like the customer and you're just trying to get like a trade and it's free it's going to be a lot harder than if you are willing to dish out the money if you have the money to spend there are creators doing videos still for 150 200 dollars or creators that are charging much more than that it's really again back to finding who fits your brand who fits the need that you have who has the camera presence the experience the portfolio like i have a uh, unlisted ugc link or youtube link that has 75 different creators that vary from like very organic UGC to like, here are the three reasons why you need this, you know, like there's so much depth to it. So you just got to find the people that fit best for you and, and what your budget is. But at this point, I don't think it's fair to expect for UGC unless you have like an amazing product that they feel compensates them for the job they're doing. So yeah, yeah. I know in our episode with Joe Vila from Emojibator, he was talking about unpaid ads and, you know, unpaid marketing in general and working with these micro influencers who are very much in his space of sexual wellness and can go and gift them product and with like, hey, and he talked about doing it at Valentine's Day. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Want to send you a gift, you know, and send us your address and no expectation on our part. Just want to make sure you have a good Valentine's Day. So that was his kind of approach, right? Like with some, some of the more micro influencers, but people who are very active in the space. I think I agree with that for specific products, like, you know, sexual wellness. I think there's a few other people I've seen on Twitter throughout the years that do this and they do gift seeding for influencers, um, especially micro influencers. Again, you kind of go back to that moment of when they get in, if they do make the content, they do give you a shout out. What does that content look like? You had very little control because you had no expectations. So it might not totally fit. You could end up with 1% or 2% actually making the content and you get everything you need and you really didn't spend that much for cost of goods. I work in a position with Suit Shop where I cannot just seed like a bunch of I do do a lot of trade for UGC in terms of unpaid in that perspective, but I'm suiting an entire wedding party where, you know, five to 10 people are getting a full get up in exchange for that. And so the cost of goods and like the product price exchange is equivalent. This is like what I was saying about if the creator feels like you're paying them with the product that you have. So that's a little bit different where someone's like, okay, I feel like I'm getting the equivalent of what I would charge if I weren't getting this for free or if it was just a suit for my husband or whoever that they're getting a suit for. So I think that is good, but it varies. So UGC isn't necessarily the you, the user isn't necessarily someone who like went on the website, bought the product. And then so UGC isn't coming from photos, videos in reviews, but it can be that but it can also be either paid or organic through actual creators. Yeah, I think at this point, it can still be your user if you find someone who you think like, when my husband and I got engaged, we had done an adventure challenge scratch off date as like part of the engagement it wasn't it was kind of like unplanned but as soon as he found out that he like what the date was he was like okay this is my moment and i had recorded this whole thing it was a very authentic user experience and they asked me for it but they didn't want to pay I, I don't know if it wasn't that they wanted to pay i don't want to put them on blast like that i think it was more 
we just weren't ready to put that out in the world for what they would pay for it. So anyway, that's a very authentic example of like a creator who ended up making something and it was super authentic. I was actually a customer versus like them reaching out to me and be like, hey, will you and your husband go on a date and make me an ad? So there are still possibilities. Yeah, I've seen people talk about like searching untagged. So searching for your brand name in an untagged way uh, or in a hashtag, because sometimes that's where you get like the real good stuff um, from people who are creating in an organic way and not necessarily something that was prepaid for. But then what I hear you say is like, understand the value that you have to provide as a brand to that person. And Something like a proposal is obviously a lot more personal than, say, a going and cooking in your kitchen, using a knife or something like, right? It's so have you found success? I know you talk about finding the creators themselves, but finding content. Have you found organic content that way through searching non-tagged? Yeah, we actually had a really funny video the other day where a guy and like it was like a very professional video that was made at his wedding where he cut his pants and shorts for the reception (laughs) and wore like light up shoes (laughs) oh that's amazing he dm'd it to us actually and said hey guys i ripped my pants think i can exchange and it was like so lighthearted and funny i actually ended up sending him a pair of pants was like do you think that we could use this you know a lot of again weddings and stuff are very intimate and personal so like that can be that can vary for me personally but like you know that's a really great example of of somebody who created something really funny that probably could have worked for us, whether it was from the organic or paid perspective, because you can't do that in a rental suit. You're going to pay $600 for this BS suit if you cut your pants off and at, at your reception. <laughs> so it's a good thing for us in that way. And I think, you know, same thing goes like if somebody... Like I have a lot of friends who are micro and just content creators in general. And they're, you know, if they get a product that they really like and they're like, oh, I love this product so much, blah, 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 blah. And you get that tag. It is not rare for me or anybody else I know to get a DM from somebody that's like, hey, we love this content. How would you feel about us using it? And at that point, again, it just goes back to like, is that person somebody who expects payment and wants to be paid for their face um, to be the face of your brand? Or is that somebody who's like, I'm just trying to get my foot off feet on the ground and I I really don't care if you pay me or not use it? Or the third option is that they don't really care about being a creator and they're happy to get me the content. So I think it's fair to be prepared for all of those options. And again, back to what you said, you know, what I'm insinuating is that know the value of these things. So if somebody's like, hey, I don't mind if you use this, but I do want to be compensated because this is something I do to make you know money, you know, hear them out, hear their rates. If you have a specific budget in mind, if you think the ad's going to do really, really well, then borrow it or, or you know, buy it, make an offer, buy it. <laughs> don't borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can put a thousand dollars into a machine and it gives you $10,000 back, exactly. keep doing that, right? Like, so you can make that investment if you know it's going to perform. And if you don't know it's going to perform, then ask if you can say, hey, can I give you X dollars for 15 days? And then if it works, I'll pay you for unlimited usage rights or the rest of the year or however long you want to run it. Most people are not running ads for 365 days unless it's really, 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 really good. But, you know, they might want to run it for 30 or 90 days and want to pay for it in perpetuity. So how do people learn about what kind of contracts are, exist, what to expect back from creators? Is are they, Other than this episode of this podcast, how do you know kind of what to expect and, and so that you can prepare for it? 
I would say that I have an unfair advantage. That's fair to me. Um, but that <laughs> I've been on both sides. I've also been in the middle. So like I have a very clear understanding of that and haven't had to do a ton of research in that. But I'm sure at this point there's people talking about it on TikTok. I'm, I used to get on UC TikTok all the time. I would intentionally try not to like watch it just so that I don't get it on my feed anymore. And then there's obviously people doing it on YouTube and stuff at this point. So there's plenty of resources in terms of like learning. But I think like the general sense, I have an organic contract and I have a paid contract and I had my personal UDC contract that's not related to suit shop. I had written up by my friend who is an IP lawyer in DC. And so I have a very strong contract that's like, you know, if you don't fill out my form and you don't give me some sort of creative brief, but then you're asking for revisions, you're not getting them. Like we had the opportunity to make good content without needing to go back and forth for thir- like 30 rounds. We're not getting them. But if you did fill it out and it's my mistake and my misunderstanding, then like I'm clearly obviously going to do that. There's usage terms in there. Typically for me, I personally like to give people People just unlimited usage like here's my rate it includes whatever you want use it for however long you want the only thing i ask is that you don't cut it up and reuse it however you want in various different ways after that and then but i do know a lot of creators who will say you're gonna this is how much it costs and you're gonna use it for 45 days or whatever so you have to be prepared for how long do you want to use it um if you're working with influencers specifically that aren't necessarily ugc creators i think of um something that i always try to negotiate is like hey sure i'm paying you 2500 dollars for this video can i run it for free for 15 to 30 days and then if i want to keep running it we can discuss whatever your whitelisting and paid usage rates are a lot of times the first time that i work with an influencer i get that um I do get like I get approval for that from them. Um, there are times where they're like, "No, sorry, I just don't do that." But the, at the end of the day, when it comes to paid usage, especially from a whitelisting perspective, we already put our work in, our effort in. At that time, we're only getting like, you know, for our our likeness when we're charging for the whitelisting. It's literally just for our face, just to add that extra little sense of credibility through our handle or username whatever but we're not having to put any more additional work in so a lot of times people are willing to like negotiate and be a little bit more flexible on those rates because it's just extra money in their pocket at that point right yeah yeah i feel like there's so many kind of details and you kind of just have to experience it yourself to know um what works and what doesn't and then also one thing I know about e-commerce operators is that everyone loves to talk to each other and help each other. So like ask, ask brands that you know that are exactly yeah. UGC, go ask them what their, how their relationships are, what the structure is, what, um, what they did that didn't work, places where they feel like they wasted a bunch of money, um, places that have worked really well. And then know that obviously everything is different for every brand. You know, what worked for someone might not work for you. But I think having those conversations, a lot of people are kind of afraid to go and ask people about like contracts but Mm -hmm. it's the only way you know yeah and also knowing that there's a pendulum i'm very aware of the pendulum when it comes to content i've had this conversation way back in the day on clubhouse i'll have it again now that the pendulum swings from where people love the ugc authentic perspective but then sometimes they're skeptical of it and they also want that like in studio very expensive editorial style content that makes them feel like okay this brand is credible because they can afford to do this really nice shoot versus this brand is credible because there is a user telling me that they liked it so there is a pendulum there and like identifying where that is um for your brand is also really important for weddings people love to hear from other brides or other grooms or other marriers not models yeah they like like they want to know how was it why would i own versus rent they want to know those things but like potentially 
makeup if we're going to go like models route like or an actor route they might want something a little bit more I guess professional in like a studio where you can really get the details like how did this blend into the skin and I don't know I'm making that up I don't know how makeup is doing right now on that pendulum but like know your spot on the pendulum and you know that also helps you drive the decision you're making on how much you want to pay what type of creator you're going for because some people make really good high quality content and they might just charge a little bit more for it. So, but you can still get what you need. And again, think about how you're going to use it. We could do a whole episode and maybe we will yeah. on how yeah. to use UGC because we've had this amazing deep dive into like the behind the scenes of UGC and how to get it. But we might need to do a follow-up episode on how to use UGC because there's so many ways and we don't have enough time. Uh, so Kristen, thank you for sharing your experience both as an operator and a creator. It's so valuable. And I think you have this great perspective that, our listeners, I'm sure, learned a lot from. And if you aren't already leveraging UGC in your brand, or if you want to kind of take it to the next level, hopefully this was helpful in thinking about how you approach those contracts, how you approach those creators, and and what you're going to do next for UGC. So thank you very much, Kristen. You're welcome. I hope this is helpful. <laughs> All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school and huge favor. If you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review with Privy. Anyone can be a marketer, simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to triple whale e-commerce marketing school is now part of the triple whale podcast network. Triple whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.